Rock Church. How you guys doing? That was pitiful. <laughs> you guys all right? Hey, my name's Jay. I am the campus pastor at this campus. I just want to second the greeting from Pastor Brian and, and say if this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here. I'd love it if you'd grab that Connect card and just let us know what you thought of the service and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we'll get that from you at the end of the service. Uh, I also want to greet those of, uh, those of you joining us online. We're so glad you guys are along for the, the service today as we're starting a new series called The Book of Prayers. But I was thinking as, as I was getting ready for this, this series that this has been a, a crazy busy but a crazy good summer here at the Rock Church. I mean, we started building at our Bangor campus, which is going along. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, but real quick, I just want to, just so that you understand what I mean when I say crazy good and crazy busy, I'm going to recap uh, our summer. It started in June, the end of June. We had what we called Summer Blast, our TRC Kids team, which, can you guys give it up for our TRC Kids dream team? Listen, that team, that team, they don't, that is not childcare. That is a ministry to the children of this church where they speak truth and life over our kids. Uh, but they also put on an event for the family, over 200 families. It was at this Bangor campus. Over 200 families from the community uh, just came out completely free. Uh, it's paid for by your giving. So thank you guys so much for being such a generous church. I knew one family came through this. And they were driving by, and, and their, their child said, oh, can we stop and go to that? It looks fun. And so they'd never thought of going to church. And they came, and they had such a good time that they came back and have been coming to church. So it's, it was awesome. It's a huge success. Uh, keep moving, though. We get into July. We have our annual At The Movies, which is always, always such a great series. It's uh, something we do every year. Everybody seems to love it. I know Little Lads donates popcorn, which is a huge blessing. And, and we just have a lot of fun with that whole series. Um, July is also, I don't know if you know this, but in the church world, uh, July is usually your lowest attended month. And during the month of July, in the state of Maine, which is one of the most unchurched states in America, at just this campus, we had 45, uh, 44 first-time guests, 26 commitments for Christ, and four baptisms in the lowest month of the year. So you can't tell me God's not doing something here. Uh, it's exciting. Let's see, what else do we do? In July, we also did Serve Day as a church. Uh, if you don't know this, we have two campuses, one here and one in Old Town. And we came together and said, hey, let's love, let's love our cities by serving our cities. And so you might see some red shirts kicking around that say Serve Team. That's because as a church, we had 18 service projects across a couple communities, just loving the community for the sake of loving the community. We also rolled out these act of kindness cards, which we still have plenty if you need more. Um, I heard one story where this is basically just saying, hey, you know what? I can serve the community any day, any time, like pay for someone's drink at Starbucks and then leave them a card, you know, just loving on people for the sake of loving them. Uh, one guy told me that he had these and he was driving to an appointment and saw somebody with a flat tire and thought, I can move my appointment. And so he moved his appointment, pulled over, helped this person change their flat tire, and they're like, what are you doing? Why, like, why are you even stopping? And he said, I just want to give you that. I gave him an act of kindness card and headed on his way. So it's just loving the community, guys. We are making a difference. And then we launched our Old Town campus, uh, which again, the month of July, lowest attended month of the year, our brand new campus averaged over 300 people in attendance. Uh, so that's exciting. Last month, they actually, if you haven't seen that campus, it's a beautiful view right in the middle of downtown Old Town. They have a beautiful view of the river. And last month, they actually did their water baptisms in 
the river and didn't lose anybody, which is awesome, right? Um, but I do want to stop there for just a second because, again, we, we love bringing and saying, hey, we're one church in two locations. So next month, or this month, actually, we're in August now, this month, uh, third Sunday of the month, we do water baptisms every single month, third Sunday. And if you've been kicking around the idea, you know, I'm following Jesus, I've never made that public declaration of faith, uh, in August... We're going to all go up to our old town campus after the final service here, and we're going to have a big barbecue up there. It's right on the water, right at the playground in the middle of downtown Old Town, and we're going to have all of our baptisms in the river at our Old Town campus. So if you've been considering water baptisms, uh, this would be an amazing month to do it. Just grab a Connect card and say, hey, I've, I've got some questions about it, or I'd love to get water baptized, and write that on there, and I or Pastor Brian will give you a call this week. Our motion, our students went to the motion student conference, which was awesome. Yeah, we took, hey, let me give you a praise report. We took 30 students to Birmingham, Alabama, and we didn't lose any of them. We brought 30 students back. Come on, somebody. That's amazing, right? Uh, But man, the the students, I'll tell you, God's working in our students. So if you're a student and you want to get involved, come out to Momentum Night this Wednesday. It's a great time, and you'll hear about Jesus. And then our worship team, which didn't our worship team do an awesome job this morning? Man, we are blessed. And did anybody notice James right here? Did anybody notice that boy's shoe game? That boy had kicks. I like came on the stage. I'm like, dude, you are rocking those shoes. <laughs> Anyways, um, but our worship team went to the Grow Conference down in, also down in Alabama, just learning, learning how to do church better and always pursuing excellence as a church. And they just got back. They're really excited with a bunch of ideas. So we've had a crazy busy summer, and now we're hitting August. And two things happen in August. You start to think, all right, it's back to school. It's like back to church, right? Back to work. And then you also start thinking, okay, I've got four weeks to cram everything else in until school year starts, right? Those are the two things that are happening right now. And we just thought as a church, let's make sure that we're spiritually ready. And so every fall, for as long as I can remember, we do 21 days of prayer. And that's what it's about. It's about saying, let's get ready for the fall. And so during that, we're also starting a book of prayer series. We want to talk about prayer, like the house and give some tools and some tips. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Prayer is one of my favorite things to discuss. And during this whole next 21 days, we're also doing morning prayer. Throw that next slide up. Uh, We're doing morning prayer. We're bringing both our campuses together at this campus, which we pray here every Tuesday morning. I I don't know if you knew that, which you are more than welcome to come to that. But from Monday through Thursday during 21 days, we will be here from 7 to 8 a.m. just praying over our nation, our state, our church, our families, just, just seeking God for the next 21 days. I'd love it if you guys come out. As Pastor Buddy said on the announcements, we will have uh, bagels and just breakfast and coffee uh, from 7 to 8 a.m. But even if you can't come, man, join us for the next 21 days. So we're talking about prayer. And before we start talking about the house... As I was getting ready for this message, I started thinking, like, before we talk about how to pray, like, here's some tips. We should talk about and answer the question of, why should I even pray, right? Like, prayer is a spiritual discipline that I would say most Christians say it's necessary. Like, you see it in Scripture too much to think it's not necessary. So most Christians would say, yes, I should pray. But if we're honest, most Christians would say, I just don't know how, 
right? Or most questions, you guys like that? That's my six-year-old daughter coming out of me, right? Um, Most Christians would say, I don't know why. Or if we're really honest, most Christians would say, I don't even really like to. Like, I think that I should, but it's like this, it's kind of weird. I don't really know how to do this. And it's, uh, and the alarm goes off and we're like, oh, I got to pray, you know, and or I can go watch SportsCenter, which one, you know, and, and you sit there and, and I thought before we talk about how, let's talk about why. Because if we start giving you tips and say, hey, for 21 days, let's do this, let's pray, guys, but you don't know why, then your prayer time is going to become an obligation that has no heart behind it, right? If you start learning how without learning why, then your relationship is going to become a religion, And I don't know about you guys, but we have enough religions in this world. What I'm dying for is some genuine relationship, right? And so I want to answer this question today. And what's crazy is that we all come at prayer with different experiences, different backgrounds. Like maybe your house was the house that was like scripted prayers. We pray at the Thanksgiving dinner table, right? We pray Christmas morning. We pray like before we go to sleep. How about, you ready? Now I lay me down to sleep. Some of you guys, right? I pray the Lord my soul to uh, keep if I should die. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, pray that over your five-year-old daughter and then be like, go to sleep. (laughs) That ain't happening, right? Or maybe like your experience with prayer, it it wasn't scripted prayers. Maybe it was like non-existent, almost to the point of being mocked, you know? Like you see in movies now, Dear Sweet Baby Jesus, right? Just like this mockery of even talking to our Creator. Or maybe yours was more like mine. Maybe you're, my, like I grew up in a home, it was a prayer home. I can't tell you how many mornings I walked downstairs and I saw my mom in the living room and my dad in his office and they were both seeking God. Like reading their Bibles, making notes, writing in their journals. Like maybe that was your experience. I remember one Easter morning, uh, we lived in New Jersey for a couple of years, and I remember coming down the stairs when we lived in New Jersey, and my mom and dad were with their small group on the back deck on an Easter morning before church, and they were praying with their small group, just thanking Jesus for Easter. And so I did what any Christian boy would do. I actually snuck into the living room and found all the Easter eggs while they were out there praying, right? I had no idea you put these eggs right here, right? Whatever your experience with prayer is, though. I bet you we all would agree that there is more that we can learn about prayer. Or there's things that we need to be reminded about, about prayer. I, I know that's true because I see it in Scripture. I want to show you in, in Luke uh, chapter 11. One day Jesus, or once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, so like they were peeking, right? Like he's out on the back deck and they're watching. And they come to him and say, teach us how to pray. Now, here's what you need to understand. They were, they were Jews. Like, they were raised knowing how to pray. The first five books of the Bible, they memorized as a child. Like, they knew scripted prayers. They knew how to pray. It had been passed down for generations after generations. But when they saw Jesus praying, they thought, my prayer time don't look like that. They thought, he's tapping into something that I'm not tapping into. 
And I would challenge you. I, I, w- I would say that the reason Jesus' prayer time was different was because he knew why he was praying. Like he had the heart behind his prayer time. And so that's why the disciples can say, I know how to pray, but I need you to teach me how to pray. Right? And so that's what we're going to do. Let's talk about why we should pray. I want to give you, I'll be honest with you guys, um, we're going to take some notes. And if, so if you want to get your note, the, the little piece of paper out of your worship guide. But this was, this was a hard sermon to write. You can ask my family. Like this took longer than most sermons take. Because as I started like thinking about and praying about this question, why should I pray? I bet you we could pull 50 people up here on the stage and say, why do you pray? And we would get 50 different answers. Like everybody has a reason to pray. And so I'm starting to whittle through all these and pray through and study through all of these different answers that I could just jot down a bunch of reasons. And I kind of whittled it down to four. The first three I'm going to fly through because I honestly feel like the fourth one is the heart of prayer. The first three are, are good whys, the scriptural, but I want to get to number four. So let's start with the first one. Let's talk about reasons why we pray. So I grab one person. Why do you pray? And I bet you they would say, hey, I pray because I need to get some direction, right? I pray because I need direction from God. Like, should I take this job or this job? Should I move there or should I not move at all? Um, what is my wife actually talking about, right? <laughs> like, I pray for direction. It makes me think of old Boudreaux. <laughs> so if you guys don't know me, I grew up in Baton Rouge, and that's Cajun country, and in Baton Rouge, we got some Cajuns we like to make fun of. Boudreaux's one of them. That's all you need to know, okay? So here we go. So Boudreaux, he went to pray one time, and he got to church early before anybody else, and he's sitting on the front row, and he's praying, talking to God. And all of a sudden, he hears this voice, Boudreaux. And he looks up, looks around, and there's nobody in there. He's like, what? And he hears the voice again, Boudreaux, I'm proud of you. You came here early to talk with me. What do you want? Just say it, and I will give you anything. Boudreaux sits back, and he's like, my Lord. He says, well, well, God, he says, uh, I always thought it'd be phenomenal if we had us a bridge that cut from the mouth of the Mississippi, like the Atchafalaya Basin, and goes all the way to Cancun, Mexico. He says, that way, Lord, on a Friday afternoon, I can hop on that there bridge, and I can just end up in Mexico by the next day. And God comes back and says, Boudreaux. He says, the amount of steel required for this bridge. Says, the depth of the Gulf of, the Gulf of Mexico. Says, Boudreaux, I can't do it. This bridge would be so unstable. I'm sorry, Boudreaux, ask me for something else. So Boudreaux sits back, kind of deflated. He says, well, I, I guess I'd like to understand my wife a little bit better. There's this long pause, and God comes back and says, so would you like two lanes or four? <laughs> Come on, that's good, right? <laughs> no, but we pray to receive direction from God, and here's what's crazy. God says, hey, ask me. Like, if you don't know what to do, just ask. In James chapter 1, God comes to us and he says, hey, if you don't know what you're doing, like you're confused, you tried your choices, they're wrong, if you don't know what you're doing, just talk to me. He says, I love to help, right? Just come and ask. So we can pray for direction. Grab somebody else. Hey, why do you pray? Why do you pray? 
I bet you we'd hear something like, I pray because I got needs, right? I pray because I have, like there's something going on. That doctor bill just blindsided me. Or me and my spouse aren't getting along. Or I don't know what to do with my oldest. Like he's just, like we're button heads and I don't know what to do. Like I'm praying because I've got needs, right? And here's what's crazy. God says, hey, bring me those. Bring me your needs. And I would say the first need, if you haven't prayed, the first need that we all need is we need forgiveness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Like that's the first need, right? But then here's, here's what blows my mind is that God says, I care about the details of your life. So like it doesn't end there. It's like, let's, let's keep moving. Let's, let's do this thing. Philippians chapter four, he says, hey, don't worry about it, right? Instead, just talk to me. Tell me what you need. Like bring that to me. So the bills, yeah. The job or lack thereof. Yes. He says, bring me your needs. Now, I understand, like, sometimes there are things that we have to take care of. But I also want to just say, hey, let prayer be our first response, not the last thing that we go to, right? Like, let's pray first and then respond. Bring those needs to him. He says, bring them to me. And I also want to say this just real quick. If the need that you're praying for is not your own, like if you're praying for someone else's need, like a neighbor that just lost a child, or maybe it's a, a family member that is far from God, you're, you're lifting up someone else's needs, that is completely scriptural. You can pray for the needs of others. Paul does it in almost all of his letters. So I could show you in countless places where there is prayer for the needs of people other than yourself. The only place that I do want to show you is Jesus, Matthew chapter 19. One day, some parents come to Jesus, and what does he do? He takes the kids, and what does he do? He prays for them. You can pray for the needs of others. So if you're praying for that loved one, or you're praying for that neighbor, don't stop. That is scriptural. And I would actually say that praying for others is probably closer to the heart of God than anything else, right? Praying for others' needs. All right, the third one. So grab somebody else. Why are you praying? Like, what are you praying? Why are you praying right now? I bet you we would hear, I'm praying because I'm in a fight, right? I am praying because I'm in a fight of faith. Like, I'm in a battle right now. See, I, I, don't, know, I don't know where you stand on the scale of, of spirituality and following after Jesus, Christianity. I don't know where you are. Maybe you are a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here because you got questions, I am so glad both are here, and we're going to talk to both. But I think that one thing that we would all agree on is that there is more going on here than we can see, right? There's a lot more going on than what these two eyes can see. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, listen, you're in a fight, but you're not fighting flesh and blood. It says, you know what you're fighting? You are fighting evil spirits as you can't always see. We're in a fight. And I want to just pastor for just a second before we move on to this last point. This makes me want to really hit on two things. The first one is that nobody denies there is a spiritual realm. In fact, I did a little research just because I was curious. The only year that the psychic industry took a hit, and it wasn't even a big hit, 
The only year that the psychic industry took a hit was in 2008, during the recession. Every other year in recent history, it has grown by leaps and bounds to where the psychic industry is now a multi-billion dollar industry every year. That's just in America. That's not even around the world. Okay? Nobody denies the existence of a spiritual world. The Bible is extremely black and white here. In fact, C.S. Lewis says when it comes to spiritual matters, he says there is no neutral ground. It's black and white. It's that simple. And so I want to say that if you are tapping into the spiritual world and you're not doing it through Jesus Christ, there's only one other option, and I don't care what it looks like. It's not Jesus Christ. Are you with me? It might be something in disguise, but it's not Jesus Christ. And so check yourself. If you find yourself tapping in, and I don't, we could preach a whole series on this, but I just want to say, don't be deceived. There are only two ways to tap into what we can't see. And I pray to God we're doing it the right way. Jesus Christ. The second thing that this makes me think is that this is a fight. And I don't know about you guys, but when I go to war, I like to fight with an army, right? I don't want to go to war by myself. So I want to show you guys this real quick before we hit this last point. And to do this, if you're watching online, uh, I want to apologize because you're about to, I'm about to disappear, but the media team is ready for this. Can we bring all of the house lights down? And before we do this, okay, I do it. Bring them down. Can you guys get your phones out for me? Don't turn them on though. Just get them out and don't try to be all holy like I ain't got my phone in church. You're lying. Okay. <laughs> right? So don't turn them on yet though. All right. So I'm in a fight and let's be honest, this world is getting darker, right? Like the boasting of lack of morality is so much louder than it has ever been. But I'm not scared of that because lights shine brighter in the darkness. And so during the next 21 days, I'm going to lift up a prayer of faith. This is what 21 days of prayer is all about, though. I'm not going to do it alone. I'm asking you guys to do it with me. Would you guys hold your lights up? Come on, bring them up, everybody. Bring them all up. Some of you guys are like, I don't know how to do that, but it looks cool. All right, listen to what I'm going to say. One light will shine in the dark. And it's not even a battle. The light will shine in the dark. However, if we all do this thing together, we will light up the world. Okay? And so that's what this next 21 days is all about. Saying, hey, let's come together as a church. You can put them away. Let's come together as a church. Let's pray for our nation. I see some people like looking at somebody. How do I do this? All right? Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our state. Let's pray for our church. And if you can't come see us in the morning, that doesn't mean you can't go to war with us, right? I want to just give you two resources that we have. They are in, some of you already have this one. We've had it for about two years now, but this is in the lobby on the coffee station. It's a prayer journal. It's got some prayer models that we're going to reference for the rest of the series. It's got some scripture that you can read that talks about prayer. It's got some uh, pages in the back that you can put personal prayer targets. I'm praying for this family member. Like you can write, a, grab this on your way out. Like let's go to war, people, right? And then this is a prayer guide. This is, we just created this this week. This has our leaders for our country because it's scriptural to pray for your country's leaders. It has leaders for our state. It has leaders for our church. It has our church's vision, our church's mission. Like, let's go to war. Let's do it together. Amen? Amen. 
Let's do it. So grab these on your way out. These are completely free. Like I said before, these, you paid for these, right? So make sure you grab these on your way out. Take them home with you, and let's seek the face of God. Let's go to war because we're in a fight. So why am I going to pray? Because I'm in a fight. But before I get to this last one, this is like if you were to ask me, why are you praying? This, I, I think this is the heart of prayer. And I would say, I pray because I want to know God. Like, I want to know my Lord. I want to I get to the point where I know his voice so well, I don't need to ask the pastor if that's God telling me to do that. Like, I want to get to the point that I know his voice so well that if I'm driving down the road and he says, hey, that car that's broken down, I need you to stop and help them and give them a card that says I love them, I'm like, oh, okay, like, I got that. I, I, I heard you. Like, I want to know my God more than anyone else. That's why I pray. I think Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, they come to Jesus. This is another account of what I read you guys from Luke chapter 11 earlier. They come to Jesus and they say, hey, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, okay. He says, all right, pray like this. Notice he doesn't say, repeat my words. Like he starts what's called the Lord's Prayer. Some of us have taken that and making it, made it into an empty, heartless prayer. He doesn't say, repeat after me. He says, just pray like this. And look at the first thing he says. Our Father in heaven, do you see it? Like, Father. Like, God wants us to connect with him. We've already said he wants us to bring him our needs. He wants us to go to war. He wants us to come and ask him for direction. But my gosh, he wants us to connect with him. Like, he wants us to know him. Some of you guys, over the next 21 days, you need to go, no father, no father. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, I'm all emotional then, everything, and I messed it up. Look, over the next 21 days, you need to go no farther than these two words. When you come before God, like connect with him. Some of you guys, listen, this is what this tells me right here. This tells me that my prayer time should begin with my relationship with God. Like, my needs are important. My, the, the battle that I'm fighting is important. Direction's important. But my prayer time, go to that next slide. My prayer time should begin with my relationship with God. It's that simple. Like, can, listen, some of you, your prayer time is boring because it's boring, <laughs> right? Like, you're going to God and it's like a board meeting. Like, well, this is happening next month. And I would like you to please give myself direction with thine will, O creator of all things, right? Like, God's like, you don't talk to your wife like that. Why are you talking to me like that? Like, connect. I want to be your father. Connect with me. And so you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, like, how do I do that? Okay, I'm going to give you three tips. Just this is, not, this is not a diagram. This is not do it this way and it will work. This is just me saying, hey, here's three ideas. And I'm actually pulling them from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 where he's talking about prayer. He looks at him and he says, listen, by the way, this, what I'm about to tell you, is on the back of your, your insert, um, but it's already filled in, okay? There's some blanks there for you to make it personal, but just listen to me for a minute. These are just some tips. He looks at him and he says, okay, when you pray, when you pray, 
the first thing that I would say to do to connect with God is make a date with him. Like, it doesn't have to be formal. It could just be like, God, I want to connect with you at 6 o'clock tonight. Like, I'm going to make a date with you. I'm going to set a time. Set This is it right here. And there's no magic hour. It's not like God goes, oh, you missed the 7 to 8 window. Come back tomorrow. Right? (laughs) No. In fact, if you want me to really challenge you, I would say, (laughs) I would say, Go to him when you're at your best. Like, give him your best. So when are you at your best? Is that at lunchtime? Then maybe for the next 21 days at lunch, instead of chilling with the, the fellas, right, go off by yourself just for a couple minutes and give God your best. Like, just connect with him. Bring it to him, right? Maybe it's at midnight. <laughs> I have no idea why it would be at midnight, but maybe it's at midnight. Then, then connect with God. Instead of binging on Netflix, Connect with God right then. Like for me, I'll let you know when it is. It is first thing in the morning, and I try to make it before my four kids get up because I'm going to be honest. It's hard to connect with God when there's four kids running around the house, right? What's for breakfast? Right? (laughs) Connect with God. Make a date. Make a date. And don't break it, right? Just make a date. The next thing, next thing. So he says, all right, when you pray, go away. Like, go by yourself. So the next thing that I would say, make a date, find a place. Like, what is that place for you? What is that place that you love to go to? Is it hiking in the woods? Is it your deer stand? Right? Is it in your truck, driving to work? Like, what is that place that you look forward to? I'll tell you mine. It's my couch with a cup of hot coffee and my Bible in the other hand, and the kids are snoring in the back of the house, right? Like that, I, I, I could honestly look at each of you and say, I look forward to that. Like I just sit down and it like centers and gives direction. What is your place? Is it a hike? Like where is it? Find a place. And I would challenge you, like it needs to be something you look forward to. Like make it a place that you love. Could you imagine if you go on a date and you're in the car, and you guys are driving, and the person goes, I hate the hamburgers at that place. Let's go, right? <laughs> like, no, find a place that you love to go to, and then share it with your creator. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Find a place you love to go to, and share it with your creator. Make a date, find a place, and then the last thing, Matthew chapter 6. Go back to the next. All right, so he says, when you pray, make a date. Go away by yourself. Find a place. And he says, and then pray like this. This would be the last tip that I would give you as we're starting 21 days of prayer. When you you have that date and you go to that place, go with the plan. Like, have a plan. Listen, my wife does not enjoy small talk. She might not like that I just admitted that to everyone and Facebook. Sorry, babe. (laughs) She, She doesn't enjoy it. And so when I take my wife on a date, I make sure I go with something to talk about because she's not going to want to know about, you know, how the Red Sox did in the last, I mean, she wants to connect. Have a plan when you go to God. Like, what is that thing? Pastor Kirk, I lo- he said this years ago and I've never forgot it. He said, listen, if you go to God with empty thoughts, you will pray empty prayers. It's that simple. So what is that thing that's like pressing on your mind and you can't get it off? Bring it to him. (laughs) It's that simple. Like, God, 
I had that doctor's appointment last week, and the test results are coming back this afternoon, and I am, like, freaked out. I don't know what to do. Like, bring it to him, right? God, that dentist bill, I didn't know it was going to be that expensive, and I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. I, I really don't know what to do. Like, bring it to him. God, my wife and I butt heads this morning as I was leaving the house, and I didn't make it right, and I don't know how to make it right. Bring it to him. Like, that's what he's saying. He's saying, call me dad. Give me a call when you need some help, right? Give me a call. Let me know what's on your heart. Here's what's crazy. He already knows our thoughts, but he still wants us to bring our thoughts to him, right? Make a date. Find a place. Have a plan. Bring it to him, and then just, like, I love First Peter. Like, Jay, what if all I have is, like, this anxiety that I've been battling? Hmm. You have a father that cares about. He says, hey, give me your cares. Bring them. Bring them. So give me your anxieties. Bring them. Give me your worries. Give me your concerns. Notice there's no condemnation here, right? It's not like, God, I didn't talk to you yesterday, and now I'm like freaking out about this, this thing at work tomorrow. And he's not like, and where have you been? No. <laughs> he's like, hey, bring it. Like, come on, connect with me. He says, I care. I care. Connect with God. And then I would challenge you. Once you bring it to him, just be quiet for a couple minutes. Like, Just be quiet. Be still. And wait. See if he has something to say. He might just be listening, which is okay. He might have something to say. I would challenge you, even just, if you're like, this sounds so foreign to me, set the timer for five minutes on your phone. And go away with God and connect with him for five minutes. Go to that next slide. And then after you've talked with him for five minutes, worship. Like, get your phone back out and get on that song. Like, for me, I'm always revolving in a new worship song. Whatever one just hits me. Whatever one makes me cry, honestly. <laughs> right now, it's Cody Carnes' new song, Run to the Father. I fall into grace. Y'all didn't know I could sing, did you? But listen, connect with God. And then put on that worship song. And just, mm. You know how every couple has a song, Right? I could sing you me and Ruth's song, but you don't want me to do that, right? Have a song with God. Like, have a song with your creator. And then, maybe grab your Bible, five minutes, 15 minutes for the next 21 days. Connect with your Father. And you might say, Jay, I don't know any songs. All I know is what we sing here. Get on Spotify. Go to that next one for me. On Spotify, find this. This is our prayer playlist. We update it almost weekly. Just Follow that prayer playlist and find one of those songs. And man, run with that thing. Worship. Get alone. Find a place. Do it. What if your prayer time was a breath of fresh air? What if it was? What if your prayer time was something that you were like, ah, let's go pray. Let's go talk, Jesus. All right? So as we're wrapping up, I I don't want to jump past one thing, though. I think it would be a miss to not address this. Pastor Brian addressed it a little bit. And that's that God says, call me Father. And I feel like sometimes we judge our Father by the sins of man. Because if, if, my, if my prayer time with God begins with my relationship with him, my relationship with God begins with my view of him. Like, how do I see a Father? What is the picture that comes into my mind when you say Father? 
And maybe, maybe Jesus says, hey, when you go to God, do something like this. Connect with him. Call him your father. And maybe you think, you know what, Jay, I'm good. I want to know him as God. I don't want to know him like that. I'm good. Like maybe whenever you hear the term father, maybe your thought is like almost like a Wizard of Oz type of relationship that you have with God. Go to that next one for me. Like you go before him and it's like, what do you want? And you're like, well, God, I'd like to just get home. (laughs) And he's like, well, then do this, 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 and this, and then come back to me and we'll see about it. Maybe that's how you view a father. Maybe it's more like a vending machine where you go before God and you're like, "Ah, if I just do this the right way, I hope it doesn't make him mad. If I say the right verses, maybe, just maybe. Or maybe when you hear a father, maybe it's a little more serious. And maybe you think of somebody that's just mean, like just mad at you because you came around. And you think, when I mess up or when I miss my prayer time, I can't go back to him. I, have to, I should run from him. Or maybe when you think of a dad, you think of someone that doesn't even care. Like, he knows you're there, but he's doing his thing, and he wants you to do yours. And I am not discounting the sins of what has happened to you. It was wrong. But what I am saying is we need to let God set the standard, not man. And God knew that the most absent figure in the American family was going to be the father. And he still said, hey, won't you call me your dad? And we need to let him set that standard. Romans chapter 8. Will you put that verse up there for me? Romans chapter 8 says, You have not received a spirit that makes you afraid to run to him. You're not a slave because you're a Christian. You are a child of the Most High God. And he looks at you and he says, Hey, this right here, that means daddy. They call me daddy. Like my little six-year-old daughter. You're the best daddy in the world. Right? That's what God wants. That's... That's the God that wants to connect with you. And so many times I think we judge our father, God, by the sins of man. And we expect him to have the same fallacies that we have experienced. And I want to reintroduce you to your heavenly father. I could pull it anywhere. I'm going to pull it from Psalms 103. Can you throw that up for me? Psalms 103. Go to the next one. Your father is merciful. He is, he is tender even when you don't deserve it. Your father is slow to get angry. He's full of kindness and love. He never, ever bears a grudge. Go to the next one. He has not punished us as we deserved for all the things that we've done. Thank God for that sentence. He, is, he has mercy to those, and this isn't, this isn't afraid, this is like honor. Like, he's my dad, and I will honor him as such. He has mercy to those who honor him. His mercy towards us, this sentence right here, tells me I will never understand how much it is. Go to the next one. He has removed our mistakes, our regrets, our pasts, our failures, even the ones not yet committed. He has removed them as far away as the east is from the west. 
He says, hey, I'll take that. I'll pay for that. I'll do, I will take your socks off and I will give you mine. Hmm. He says, call me dad. I want to be your father. That is who I'm asking you to connect with. Because my gosh, he wants to connect with you. I want to pray for you guys. Lord, I pray for every person here, Lord. I thank you so much that you look at us and you see, you see children that need the love of a father. Lord, I don't know what these people are going through. I don't know, I don't know what fights they're fighting. I don't know what needs they have or what direction they need. But I, I do know that if they bring it to you, Lord God, that you will, you will wrap your daddy arms around them and you'll carry them through it. Lord, I pray for the next 21 days of prayer. I pray that this be a more intentional, more connected, more life-giving 21 days of prayer than we have ever had as a church. God, that we would get to know you on a whole nother level. God, I pray for renewed strength over this 21 days. I pray for a renewed understanding of the mercy of our Father. I want to, if you're here this morning and you have never confessed that first need, which is forgiveness of sins by the blood of Jesus, I want to lead you in that prayer. And this is what I would say. It has to be your prayer, not mine. I'll just tell you what to say. But if that's you making that decision to surrender your life to Christ, then repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I don't understand it all, but I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. Please forgive me of my past. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.